0: This is efficiency on demand. On demand. High performance. Leadership. People think overwhelm, craziness. Craziness. No time. No time. No fun. No fun. Just work, 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 work. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is efficiency on demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and leadership specialist. During the show, Monique and her guests will share the harsh truth behind their success stories, what it means to perform on a high level and to be a leader in this world. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency on Demand, and this is your host, Monique.
1: Welcome back to Efficiency on Demand, everyone. Today, I have a guest that I'm super excited to talk about. I got connected with him through a mutual friend, and I'm super, super excited to dive into his story, but I let him introduce himself to you guys. His name is Moshi ruven Sharatsky, and I hope I got this right. I just practiced, (laughs) but welcome to the show, Moshi, and thank you so much for having time for us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you did great pronouncing it. Good job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of a same at the beginning of my podcast with all the people from around the world. I'm like, did I say it correctly?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
1: So Moshe, please tell us where you're from, what you're doing, and who you are.
2: Yeah, so my name is Moshe. I'm from South Florida, Cooper City, Florida. It's a Hollywood area near uh, Fort, Laud- Fort Lauderdale suburbs. And uh, I'm now located in Morristown, New Jersey, uh, Mm a suburban area in the the New Jersey area. And basically, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I've been involved in multiple companies, tech startups, marketing uh, companies, and having a marketing role in different tech startups and uh, and whatnot, or a co-founder, founder role. And then I, I also am um, an artist. Uh, been, uh, I was just recently offered a distribution deal with Universal Music Group. And uh been basically working towards that. And uh, I have a bit of an audience collectively, probably like 1.3 million throughout different platforms on social media. And I write and do you know different work representing uh, big name brands, personal brands, and uh, have different opportunities to work as a, you know, in different startups, um, as a executive as well.
1: Amazing. That sounds. It sounds like you're definitely busy. That's for sure.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot going on.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to know. I want to dive into the artist part uh, at the beginning. So tell me a little bit about how did you get started, and what type of music are you doing?
2: Yeah, so I to be honest, I started music a long time ago. I was probably in my early teens, you know, just messing around with friends, you know, with music and also just personally being inspired by, you know, the ability to like express myself in writing and tell my story, you know, whether it's to myself or to others, you know, to help me to understand what I was going through at different times or, you know, to maybe make things that were fun and uh, just many different things, depending on what it was, it was just a way to express myself. And as I got older and older, it became more and more something that I took really seriously. You know, I had different opportunities, uh, when I was in my teens, but I didn't really have a lot of time, resources to pursue it so heavily. So when I went to college it kinda like went to the back burner, um, a little bit and it wasn't necessarily my main focus, but it was something that I'd still do. I'd still always write every so often and i was still always inspired you know to create different songs but it wasn't something that i was actively pursuing and i started to grow an audience on social media and um i started to be able to get involved in different publications you know whether whether being a writer or i was on forbes tech council so being on Forbes, and then also just uh, i was in yac so writing in different publications there like huffington post and stuff I got more writing opportunities as well because and different opportunities to be in, in different features. And more and more, I had more ability to get to more people and more attention. So this talent that I, you know, I believe is was a talent that, you know, that I really worked hard at, it became more and more of something that I could pursue as well, alongside my business endeavors and the different content that I'll post, you know, over the years, a uh, year ahead. The, the past couple of years and just having being able to position myself really well with these other things that actually opened up a lot of doors and any other pursuit that I really want, which that was really the main one that I kind of pushed off for a long period of time. So, you know, now that I'm at this stage, it's opened up a lot of, I have a lot of uh, things at my, you know, a lot of tools at my, at my hands, you know, I have, I have a media agency that I founded and one of the things that we focus on is making people you know popular making people and you know more well known and stuff that's something that's big in music that you have to be able to have an audience and create an audience so mm-hmm. you know that's it became more and more something that i could pursue
1: that's amazing so how do you describe the music or the art that you that you basically create and what what do you think is the main message you want to pursue with it
2: yeah, I mean to me ultimately, you know, for one it's a channel, it's like a way to connect to people. Hmm. Two, it's a you know, it's like po- poetry to me, it's a way to like express myself. And like three, it's um it's a way to influence the, the world in a positive light, you know. All every form of music, you know, ultimately has an effect on people. Uh, it's one of the most powerful things, music. It, you when you hear music, it takes you into another world. And uh, at the end of it, you're you're a bit changed in a certain way. And that's why it's also in the Jewish faith. It's very you know particular what you're supposed to listen to. I have like certain permissibilities from um, from rabbis because I because I I am an artist and I could make it could be an in, an income stream. They've always given me a permissibility what's called like a rub he gave me a permissibility where i can learn and uh, listen to different musics that you know not be overly concerned about it as long as it's for the sake of learning and pursuing my craft and being able to express myself in different ways i'll bring better music but in general music takes you to a different place and it affects you that's why we're so careful as, as jews for example but i really believe in it it could be used as a very positive tool. And there's many artists in the past that have done that, you know, like Bob Marley or John Lennon or, you know, a lot of different Elvis. Well, Elvis, not necessarily in a positive way, but everyone had their own way, you know, that they felt that they could change things in a certain way with it. And it's always been a tool. And I really see it that way.
1: Yeah. So you just mentioned that you have obviously your talent that you use in very different ways. And one way is to also get audiences to listen to you basically. So how do you think, do you have like any, I don't want to call it secrets because it's always like really weird to say like, this is the secret sauce, but do you have any like steps that if people want to get their audiences to listen more to them that they could use as well?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, Like, I do suggest, like, being in touch with, like, like, some things make sense to to find an agency. You know, it's hard for an artist. You know, these are one of the... Artists have limitations, and this is what kind of, like, held me back for many years of, like, full-on pursuing it because I wanted to have the right thing set up for myself. And one of the limitations always when... People are young. That's when they want to be an artist, and they don't necessarily have money when they're young. They're living under their parents' roof, and they're still haven't graduated high school or whatever. So, but if they have people that are in media agencies or people that they can connect to, a lot of them have different ways that you know either tools that cost money or whatever that they really are worth it. If they're able to plug themselves into it or save up for it. But I would say a good thing to do is is really like not just the, the most common thing people do when they have things that they want to promote is that they just, they just uh, they don't put much thought into it and they just kind of like put it out there and then they expect really quick results. But I'd say, you know, I've always been a practitioner of like prep, prepping for things properly and making sure that uh, you have ways to, you know, it's a marketing tactic. You have, you when you start a campaign, the lar- the longer amount of time you put behind it, as long as you're doing the right things, it could have a larger effect when you actually launch it. Every Kickstarter campaign, for example, because I started one of the things I studied in in my college and in my and 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 being an entrepreneur is Kickstarters. Really, what's what's the goal behind the Kickstarter? What's really what makes Kickstarter campaigns successful? A t- like tons of work before they launch the campaign mm. but what do most people do most people just put a campaign up and they're like after a few hours they're like why is no one giving me money for my kickstarter campaign but really you know i saw someone else they have two million dollars and for me i don't have anything and it's been two hours and that's the most common thing instead if they study how a kickstarter campaign should be prepared for which all these all this information today is available online. You could find anything that you want to do. You could find how to do it best online or YouTube or whatever, or in books. So if you really prepare with those different things and how the how tos, and then implement it again, it's not going to necessarily be a hit right away. But at least you're practicing the right methods and you're finding fine tuning them, and then you're trying to figure out how to best do those things. And then another thing that you know I would apply from a startup perspective is testing oh. every every uh, agency that I know uh, that I've heard of that helps artists one of the things that they do is they test and that's what you do in startup you you don't just uh, release a, a product you take a small group and you take it and you let people mess with it and then you see how what they like what they don't like and you try to introduce it to more people you do interviews with people you do tons of different things beforehand and uh more and more you see what you know it's called product product market fit you see the product market fit and you you can fine-tune things to fit your 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 market because ultimately song music is just like any product i mean it's different in a sense it's a soul expression and all those things but you know, in a sense, you want to approach it a bit similarly to a startup, you know, that you want to be able to test and see what what uh, what people like and don't like. And not everyone's going to like your music, you know, that's also a key thing. So, you know, it is not necessarily foolproof, but at least the people that are supposed to like your music, you know, your type of genre should at least have some type of uh, input of what you can do better and stuff.
1: Yeah. That's very interesting. And I think there's probably a lot of things that you were able to implement from one of the areas you're working like in the tech companies, for example, and also with your music. Was there a lot of overlapping or was it rather that you saw like, okay, there's these methods work for the marketing writing that I do for the tech companies so I can implement it as well and adopt that for my music career?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overlapping just in like every, I think in every endeavor, like, I mean, I've learned from everything that I've I've pursued or I've been involved in. I've found different things that work. And, you know, one of the things that I would say is positioning is a, is a key thing. And, you know, the, be- when you, when you, before you launch stuff, you have a lot of opportunities to position yourself to launch something the proper way. And that, and the way you say, you know, it's a, it's a jewish like uh proverb type thing that the way you you know like one of the first days of rest it says the way that you set yourself up will be how the rest of the year is like in a sense it's a lot of the ways that you know every endeavor is the way you set it up is the way that you're it's what you're gonna have to deal with so you know a lot of people want to rush things and it's most common too and you know circumstances make people want to just wing things but the best that we could do it, you know is 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 all that we should try to do as far as like setting things up the best that we can, which is positioning. Uh, positioning is a big key in in every endeavor, I think, when you start
1: right. so how do you take or where better said, where do you take your inspiration from? So I guess it's probably a lot of things that you experience for yourself, and I know that we have actually one thing in common that not many people have experienced. So maybe we can dive a little bit more into that. So there was one life experience that really changed the whole direction of how you see life and how you experience everything. Um, tell me about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I you know, it's not something I, I'm always open about, but, you know, it's definitely something that was very, uh, you know, changed the trajectory of things for me when I was in high school and when I was in middle school, you know, I. More and more, I got into like the uh, enjoy life atmosphere of you know being a high school kid, and with that, get you get in trouble. Sometimes you do things that you shouldn't be doing, and uh, you find yourself as you you shouldn't necessarily when you have that type of mentality towards life. So you know, I mean, I did have an experience when I was in high school that really changed things where you know i was i was partying and basically i had some type of uh uh, i don't know you know people were trying different things basically and didn't necessarily go so well for me i i had some type of bad i don't know either bad trip or bad thing and basically for me it was like i i like experienced like some type of form of like a for me it was like a near death set, set you know experience so to speak you know whether it was or wasn't i have no idea it's no no one's really tell but it was what i experienced at the end of the day and it, having that experience at that young of an age i mean i wouldn't suggest that at all but it didn't necessarily wake me up uh from where. i mean just in general when you grow up in life you just go with where you You know, where this culture brings you, where your background brings you, you don't necessarily question anything from beginning of life till, especially when you're in your teenage years, unless you're just a very questioning type of person, which you question everything. Where there are people like that, but you know, it's not the majority. And most people just continue with the ideals and the morals and the values that they grew up with. And that can continue their whole life. But you know, there's, when people have like an experience like that they could you know it could it could potentially make you require rethink about you know what it is that you're doing here in life what are you here to do in life how how are things going so far if i were to leave the earth today god forbid how what did i really do in the world why did i really how did i what was my existence causing in the world and the people around me and you know just the atmosphere that i set off and I didn't find myself to be the best influence necessarily, not necessarily intentionally, just because I was part of that world. I was just part of the world that wasn't necessarily. And I didn't like seeing friends and different people go from, you know, being good kids to being set up in a bad situation in life because just being part of the day-to-day culture and not necessarily just being blown from the wind, you know, and, um, for me, a big change for me was that I wanted to be someone that uh in the world that had a positive influence on people that he met, uh, you know, and that led people in a better direction than a than worse one because i was he- because I was here and that, you know, made the world a better place instead of a worse one, God forbid, you know, that because because of my existence and that channeled itself in many different ways, you know, and also I wanted to make sure that the things I care about I really did well, whether that's family, my values, beliefs, whatever. You know, and that led me on a journey of finding myself, figuring out what it is that I believe, what it is that I think I'm supposed to be doing, you know, who I am, you know, it led me into my Judaism, you know, which it it did not do that at first. But over time, because I had so many questions, I wanted to figure out what I believe as far as what's, you know, what is really, is there God? What is If so, what does God want from us? Does God believe in what Judaism teaches? God believe in what this people teach. This people teach? And I went through the whole thing and drew my own conclusions, you know? So it opened up a lot of doors for me to have such an experience because otherwise I just would have been, you know, continuing that for, I don't know, just like everyone else. We'd go through your college years, you're partying, you just, okay, you just get a job, you work the nine-to-five, you do it, everything normal, standard, whatever. But because I kind of had this experience, I really feel like it opened up a lot of things for me to be, you know, much more um into really figuring out what it is I'm here to do and really applying myself to it, you know, and not just going with what everyone else is doing in life.
1: Yeah. It's um it's extremely powerful, such an experience. I did actually die of a cardiac arrest and I was clinically deaf for 25 oh my seconds. God. By wow. the, by the age of nineteen, yeah, and I shared wow. it a few times on a podcast, but I didn't really go into it. Um, I wrote an article about the whole experience, but you know, if you if you really have this, even if you don't actually die, but you have this feeling of, as you said, this near death experience, it can change everything. And as you said, like I had the I had the same experience of like I was just not. Doing what I'm supposed to be doing here on this earth. And I was actually feeling really uh, guilty for being a just an average type of person partying all day long, just like you just described it, you know? And I was like, man, but tell me, how long did you or did it take you to actually get to all of these conclusions? Because it took me to be very honest from the time I was actually out of it until I was able to fathom what happened and what it changed and what it actually, what the impact was. It took me almost five years to get through this whole process and then make all of these changes and everything and then really hit it off with, you know, changing my complete life.
2: Wow, wow. that's amazing, first of all. But yeah, I for me that it's been a journey. Uh, like, I mean, the first things I changed were my surroundings and mm. that was a big one. And it was slowly. You know, I just wouldn't go to certain places, wouldn't be with certain people as much, uh, just because what they're involved in, not necessarily were they bad people, uh, but just I didn't want to be around things that were going to lead me in a bad, in not then in back in that direction. You know, then at some point it was, you know, I, it's not just about change my environment. I personally have to change as a person. You know, it, it was a lot of different things over time. It, I mean it's been, you know, several years, multiple years, you know, it's been a long period of time, but I would say that a big changing point for me was when I started, you know, as far as like drawing a lot of conclusions, the more that it became about figuring out what God wants and like learning about my Judaism and stuff like that, which happened, you know, early in college that, that opened up really transformation of me figuring out a lot of, conclusions and having a lot of answers because once I knew that I knew that I always knew that I believed in God but then once it was also about like there's so much you know I, I there's so much to prove and so much reason so many reasons why it's so obvious like almost every religion in the world believes that God gave the Torah to Moses you know and then they might have different conclusions about it. And then there's all these other things that I came to conclusions on about that, and all these different things like, and then three million people had a mass revelation of God. There's no such thing like that, and the, and all. So all the religion stuff that really brought me to a lot of conclusions as well about how I should really formulate things because, it, once you once I establish my identity of who I am and you know I, what I'm here to do generally, you know as as a Jewish person that opened up a lot that within that realm you know i had xyz and then also all the things i used to do that were positive like the music or whatever i don't necessarily need to gate that that could be used as a positive way to fulfill your mission and to be and you know the business stuff that i mean you have to make a living you have to make money in life anyways you know so and that's a positive thing you know that's not a negative thing so having uh, my religion you know Judaism to be able to connect to and establish what what is good and bad, so to speak. Because I hypothetically, then before it was just before that it was just all subjective. Obviously, you could come to obvious conclusions, but you know there certain everything was subjective before. You know, I I necessarily had my Judaism to tap into and the type of Judaism that I personally want to live by. Mm-hmm. um to tap in and because those things are set in stone you know it's objective it's you know god's word so to speak that made it much more clear what what i should be doing and where i could branch myself like you know fulfill my personal mission within that
1: yeah that sounds like a awesome transformation
2: yeah thank god i mean it's a, yeah. it's a huge gift yeah i mean right. it wasn't just that one experience at a you know, a couple of experiences that weren't so pleasant that led in that direction. And then just in general, being in the college environment where everyone's open-minded, you could be open-minded for the positive ways, and it doesn't necessarily have to be for negative things. So, you know, just a lot of things over time led me in a really good direction, thank God.
1: Yeah. Did you get a lot of pushback when you were, like, in your transformation and you said well suddenly for for other people maybe would be like oh so this is the person who i am now and i identify as jewish and this is like just who i am you know get along with it but i can i can imagine that there are a lot of people which is probably a natural self-selection anyways but that there are a lot of people that would push back you know Yeah,
2: a ton of pushback. I had a ton of pushback. And I'd imagine any person that's trying to, in a sense, is going against the grain, trying to be you and fulfill your personal mission in life and figure out what you're supposed to do in life, you're going against the grain automatically. Is that saying I'm not doing what everyone else is doing? I'm not going to just try to fit in and try to be like everyone else and try to you know, do the cool things and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out who I am, what I'm here to do and do that every day. And I might be really busy and you know, I might mean that I'm not doing all the things that I would be doing it otherwise. That all my friends are doing or whatever. You're going to get pushback absolutely if you try to do a path like that. And you know, one of the things that my rabbi uh, said at my yeah you know, yeah, so my rabbi basically said that he there's a certain parable of you know, I think it's a salmon that swims upstream. There's a. Uh... There's a The salmon streams upstream or some sort of fish. Yeah. I think the salmon streams up yeah, it it streams it swims upstream. And it it has all these it has everything going against it, but it's over determined that it like this is the path that it's supposed to go. It can have this thing go up either no matter which way it gets pushed, it keeps going upstream to where it, it knows its destination is and ultimately you know that's how a person should be if you if you if you have a destination you have a, a mission in life you have things that you're here to do and you, the person you're here to be you have to be like that you have to continuously go in that direction even with all the stuff pushing against you because what else are you here to do you're here to go to the other direction no you're not yeah like that's not your destination that's not who you are that's not what you're here to do and that's just going to be completely contrary waste of time waste of Energy waste of life, and you know, at the end of it, you know, you you can enjoy all the things, but you know, enjoyment's only there for the second that is there, you know, and after that, what are you left with, you know? And you are, you're going to want your life to be that you live as you, and ultimately, I think that's what's opened up a lot of doors in every other aspect of my life, and mm. and you know, any other success that I've had is really, I think, been branched off from that, because otherwise, I think it would just be the status quo, you know, I'd just be doing what the status quo is.
1: Yeah, that is amazing because a lot, I think a lot of people don't really understand how powerful it is to actually stay on your path and it it doesn't need, I mean, a lot of people always talk about alignment and I don't think many people understand what alignment actually means, but if they would just understand that they have this one thing that they need to do in their life, you can call it whatever you want, purpose, purpose bring out your message you know have a goal whatever it is but if you would just stay on your path and they need to understand that their path is not anyone else's path and they would just need to stay on track without getting off and follow shiny objects and follow the the herd and whatever and that's when everything else works i think then many other people would be more successful whatever that means for them right
2: yeah, yeah, because yeah, I agree. Ultimately, a success is it's not a one size fits all. It's not having this and having that and doing this and doing that or having this position or doing that thing or whatever. Like you said, they would be more successful. And I think personally, it would be more successful because ultimately, what is being successful? It's what you're here to succeed at, you know? Sure. If, uh, it, you know, if someone wants things that they're supposed to be a basketball player, I mean, they might win some championship games in their high school, or whatever. But if they're, if that's their whole focus in life, and then after that, they, because they wanted to be like Michael Jordan or whatever, ultimately that's that's not their path in life. They're always going to be a failure by that definition. If your goal of success is to be the best version of you and to do the best at what you're here to do in life, then you just by trying and continuously pushing the grain, you're succeeding probably. And even when you fail, you find ways to do it better. But if you're trying to live life based off of your surroundings definition of success, then you're never really successful because you're always going to be, you're always going to be judging it based off what their parameter parameter is of success. And you're never going to be really what you're here to be in life and do what you're here to do. So yeah, I absolutely agree that, you know, it's a big it's a deterrent factor of success and also the fact is uh have you heard "Man search for meaning it's a book by uh victor frankl dr victor frankl
0: mm.
2: but the, the 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 essence of the book is saying that what people need most in life is meaning and purpose and in a sense it's more than just meaning and purpose they need to be you know in tune with themselves in a sense but it is a starting point at least. That, you know, when people have that, they're more happy, they'll be more successful, they'll be more driven. When they're in tune with what you're here to do in life, you know, all those things are aligned. When you're not, you could be working hard and feeling like, why am I doing this every single day?
1: Yeah. And I think it's it's really important. Maybe we can share a few things of how you got to this point, because I think a lot of people who feel kind of lost or floating or whatever, they don't know how to feel in tune with them you know and they don't know i mean there are different approaches to that so i think yeah what i mean we know probably like what kicked it off we just talked about it so i think that was probably your and also mine kickoff experience but what if people don't have a kick-off Kick-off kick of yeah, kick experience off yeah. like that yeah. you know like what can they do what do you think um, would, would be helpful. Do you have any resources or books or whatever you can recommend or just like, yeah. Should you just go I mean, and sit in a park?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So what would be that? So for one, it's a good thing if they don't have such an experience, that's what they want to avoid. They don't want to have such an experience.
1: That's right. You want to be able to, you be
2: able, <laughs> Yeah, you want to be able to change things without having life make you have to change things. And I think, you know, it's a combination of having times of introspection or it's called, known in a uh, Jewish text as ruts and shuv, like times of uh, it's uh, going and returning that you're, you're, you're at times when you're trying to connect to who you are, figure yourself out, understand what you're thinking about, what you're here to do, learn about it, figure, you know, stuff of that nature. And then there's times of actually applying it and putting it into practice and doing that. You know, just like when you first try to ride a bike or you first try to walk or whatever, you know, it's the the concepts there, the goals there. You know, you're not necessarily going to succeed at first, but as long as you keep, you know, having that ruts and shoe, you know, you keep going back and rethinking. Well, what's my purpose and trying to figure that out, and what what am I here to do in life and who am I here to be? And you have that introspection, so the world isn't changing you. And you have the values you connect to—you know, good values and good morals that you connect to. And then when you go into the world and you go into things, you have that as like, I'm here to affect my surroundings, versus because I know who I am here to be, and my surroundings aren't here to affect me. As long as you have that interplay, I think. Oh, and you keep you continuously go back and be. You have to strike that balance of being able to have the introspection, so to speak and the application but as long as you continuously have both you'll be fine if you miss one if you're always applying and you never introspect you're always going to be affected by the world if you're always introspecting you're never applying you're never going to affect the world so as long as you have both i think that's the uh that's the goal
1: Mm, i love that do you have core values that you live by and that you use for everything around your business your family your
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, there our ultimate core values is my Ju- Judaism, my Yiddishkeit, which ultimately goes down to, as a Jewish person, I'm here to do Torah mitzvahs. I'm um, here to make the world a dwelling place for God, so to speak, a place for, which means in English terms, you know, heaven on earth. I'm here to, um, mm-hmm. in my life, I'm trying to be part of creating heaven in, in on earth, a, a reality of heaven on earth. And maybe that's not, gonna go perfect every single day and obviously the world's not made that way automatically
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um it might have the potential within it but it's not necessarily revealed like that and that's not necessarily an easy thing so whether it's the way i interact with people which you know finding out where i mess up where i could do better if i don't like someone did this to me that well, you know how to approach that or whatever and like really thinking about how in every single aspect of where I, where I find myself, whether it's my talents or opportunities, my surroundings, people I know, relationships, you know, how could I make that heavenly reality the best? As long as I'm doing that, then I'm doing things right, you know, and that's kind of like a core value for me, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to forget that. It's easy to not have that, that introspection time and you should be so busy that you forget that that's what you're here to do, but that's a, that's a core value for me
1: mm, I love that. What do you think has been so far your biggest success?
2: Hmm, that's hard for me to know. I don't really know. I don't know I mean for you I really personally?
0: feel
2: I think just being in tune with this reality is my biggest success, being in tune with who I am
0: mm-hmm.
2: i think and and striving for that. The fact that I've been working towards it and working on it for a long period of time, and that I've been doing a pretty good job, I think. And there's probably areas that I could put, improve, and there's probably times where I don't do so well. I think those are my that's my biggest, and that's always that's and I and I always want to be that that to be what I judge things off of, because everything else is based off fleeting things and you know subjective subjectivity, and they could always one day feel like you did it the other way. But as long as you're in tune with who you are, and you're doing that. Can't ever feel down about things, you know?
1: Yeah, I love that. So, right now in this world, we're in a pretty turbulent kind of shift. Yeah. How, we, how do you use your talents and your music to bring a piece of heaven to earth in this?
2: Yeah, so this song that I'm going to be actually, the song that I'm actually, that I just finished that was one of the, that was like the main focus of what I just got this offer for uh, being distributed through Universal. It's, I mean, I think that's one example of it. It's basically like there to, the concept behind it is that you're not alone. Like you, you know, people have different things that make them feel like their surroundings aren't for them. People Mm -hmm. messing with them, their heads, people making fun of them, people this, people that, bullying this, that. When there's epidemics like this, people are freaking out everywhere. So much pandemonium everywhere. You could be in the far there. The, you could you. There could be one case in your country, and you're hit. Caught, you're stuck in your corner, freaking out, shivering that you're gonna get. Which is, it is a sphere. You know, everyone should be safe. God forbid. Uh, uh, Shem should bless everyone to be have a speedy recovery. That needs one and keep everyone safe from having this virus. God forbid. But it's one example that's supposed to like a person should have this feeling wherever they are in life that they that they're not necessarily alone. They're mm-hmm. you know they 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 from a they, they have a they're part they have a higher purpose. They're from a higher source, you know, and you know whatever they are, whatever's going on in their life, that they have something that they connect connect to and feel, you know, like they you know that positive about things instead of negative. And that's one of the ideas, but you know, it just, I, it is something that makes me want to push music out because I think the things that people struggle with when they have to go home and stop life and have that introspection time is what am I really doing with myself in life? What am I doing wrong? Why, why am I, what, like when I sit inside my house all day, why, like, like, what is the goal when I get out of this place, you know, like type thing. So it is a good time, you know, for me to be pushing music because you're right, that is a time where, you know, people need to hear it. But ultimately, I think a lot of work is being done on its own by people having that type of introspection right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I definitely, like, uh, for me, to be honest, I see right now a huge opportunity for this whole world to not only shift what's from the outside, but what's from the inside, obviously, you know. I so far have, I mean, to be honest, in everything that's, that went down right now, I just see an opportunity to real, rebuild it even better. So I hope that everyone can change their perspective on what happens right now and just plant new seeds for what's to come. And I think it's yeah, a, sure. it's a huge opportunity for everyone also to come together and to you know be more mindful and compassionate for sure in this world as well we definitely need it in places
2: Yeah yeah I think it's I think in a sense it is causing that people are thinking the whole nation every nation is trying to figure out how do I protect these people how far extent do we go you know they're shutting down this or shutting down that just so that one person won't have this virus or that it won't spread to another single person which that's compassionate in a lot of sense. That's thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, how 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 do these things that we have going on affecting, you know, just that one extra person that because we close this down. Yeah. So I think automatically it is causing a little bit of that. So God willing, you know, it will have only good effects for everyone.
1: Yeah. So we're slowly getting to the end, and I always ask my guests two more questions by the end that usually have nothing to do with their story, but everything to do with the podcast. <laughs> so I want to know what does efficiency mean to you?
2: Yeah, so efficiency is—it's. I think it goes along with the whole theme of what we're doing. You know, what are you being efficient at? You know, is ultimately a, a lot of the things I've learned. As an entrepreneur, is that I could, I could just to succeed at one thing throughout the day, and it could change everything else. And that's really just a matter of doing the right things in any endeavor. I think efficiency is doing the right things for you, not just your endeavors. You know, uh, that's a wholesome thing that it includes your every aspect of your life, your relationships you know, what am I supposed to be doing here, there, that everyone can improve on the common things, you know, like the common things of efficiency. There's things, areas where I know I need to improve. The areas that I know that this week I didn't do so well in this area, this week I didn't do so with well this And those are standard. But as long as you're doing the things that are with, in tune with who you are and what you're here to do. And I don't mean that people should drop their jobs and just say, oh, I'm just going to spend all day inside and, and, you know, figure out myself. But, you know, as long as like they take those times that they're supposed to be focused on those things outside their jobs, for example, you know, they spend the proper quality time with their family and whatever do. Everything's within its time. Do the efficiency to me is doing what you're supposed to be doing at the time you're supposed to be doing it. And, uh, we might not be perfect at it, you know, we'll never be, but you could always stop and ask yourself is right now what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm doing? Is, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now? And I can fix that. I can change that if I'm not doing it right.
1: I love that. Yeah, totally agree. I also love how every of my guests has a very different definition of efficiency. That's so awesome. (laughs) I love it. I'd imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So next question is then, if uh, looking back now, you had to start over again, but you had all of the knowledge that you already have. Which of the three things would you consistently do over and over again to get back to success happiness contentment whatever it is for you
2: one thing that comes to mind is i would just try stuff if you have more time you know if you just were willing to just try and experiment with things that that you think are in tune what you're supposed to be doing or something that you really believe in just keep trying you gain so much data you know to on the on on things when you try it You know, so I'd say trying things a lot more, not so attached to the end result of it, you know, just kind Mm -hmm. of like so that I can get the data and do it better or adjust or pivot. Um, Another thing would be, I mean, uh, you know, I think one thing that I do care a lot about now that when I was younger, I didn't necessarily prioritize as much as i should is and not saying that i was bad at it completely but i always do it better and everyone could always do better is but time and quality time and relationships with your family to not necessarily you know ever take for granted time and 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 someone's presence day-to-day being around you that's your family members. you know you should always try to improve and and make those the best out of your relationships family and uh, i think most teenagers you know kind of you know, have this phase where they kind of negate that to a certain extent, mm. and then the third thing would be um introspection about God and what I'm here to do in life. You know, I think that's something that really changes things for people. Instead of thinking about, people are always it's a consumer world. People are always thinking my needs. What am I? What is what? What what do what can I buy next? What can I have for me next? Me, me, me. You know. When you think of that, you're created from something, meaning that you have a purpose. Something created you for a purpose. It's more about what are you needed for. Um, it's a famous uh, Hasidic saying. You know, someone was writing to the uh, Rabbi that like, and the are wrote back. It seems that you know a lot about your needs, but you're not necessarily asking at all about what you're needed for it's a famous acidic saying so mm. i think thinking more in those terms day to day you know could change people's approach to their lives you know especially in a consumer world where we're always about consuming yeah. things
1: yeah those are three very solid and amazing facts and uh, indeed uh, that i think everyone should be taking to heart for sure
2: That'd be great. I think it'd be a better world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Moshi, thank you so much for having the time for us today, being on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and share a bit of the story. Thank you. Um, Please let everyone know where they can find you and what they can find there.
2: I would mainly search for me on Instagram. You know, I think there's a little bit of break that I'm going through for the next month or two, but through over instagram throughout the next year you'll see everything at, at some point when i start posting you'll see everything and it's you know in it's full glory so to speak if i'm doing up to this you'll see that if i'm up to that you'll see that so i think it's a good landing page for everything else
1: amazing and everyone you know where to find it it's going to be uh, linked below in the show notes so scroll down or wherever you are on whatever app you're listening to us scroll down follow Moshe so you will not miss out on his heaven on earth artists artistry music whatever it is <laughs> um, the piece yeah, of heaven like is it. bringing to us <laughs> Uh, yeah
2: god willing thank you that's awesome way to put it yeah thank you, thank you, so, much. you so much for having me all right. my, my absolute care. pleasure <laughs> all right
0: you've been listening to efficiency on demand on demand we hope you've learned that you too can unlock your ultimate potential how to control your time create some clarity in your crazy life and how to live life limitless, limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at the TheMoniqueLindner. We'll see you next time on Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Remember to slow down to speed up.